Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey guys, just a few audio issues for the first 50, 55 seconds of the podcast. After that, it is right to go. Uh, I just wanted to apologize. Thank you. You are now listening to the Dual Position Podcast. The boys are back to talk all things super coach all season long. Please welcome your hosts, Whisperer and Brew. Into this. Oh, I have stuff this up already. Hi guys, how are we? Hello, one and all. Uh, you are tuning into the Jewel Position Podcast. I am your host, the SC Whisperer. I am joined, as always, by the coach of the Brew World Order, Brewski. How are we, mate? Not bad, buddy. Quite sunburnt, otherwise pretty good. How's the uh, How's the super coach looking, mate? Not fantastic, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, I got eight sixty. I didn't actually. I fell asleep this afternoon. I got really badly sunburnt. I uh, had a bit of heat drag, fell asleep for the Knights game. I didn't know Clemmer wasn't playing, which gave me an AE of five, which isn't great. And then obviously I brought in Turbo and I captained him. So that hurt a little bit too. Um, but yeah, I, there was there was some positives in there, but obviously those two big negatives right there smashed my score a little bit. So you're a little bit dirty about that, but we roll on. I'm just tinkering with the audio as we speak. Um, I think we're good. Um, yeah, look, I scored nine nine sixty. Uh, pretty chuffed with that. I think it's about above average. Um, had Tuolagi. I was tossing up between him and Randall. Went Tuolagi. Didn't work out too well. And then I shit the bed. Um, who else? What else happened? Uh, Nakora. He's dead. RIP. Britain Nakora's super coach spot in my side. He is out. Um, apart from that, I think everything's doing too, okay. I mean, we're looking at captaining Tedesco. I said that onto the on the podcast. Didn't plan out. Ended up captaining for Fida. Uh, I was just, I think I was just scared. I was scared of what the crowd were doing with Ryan Pappenhausen. Um, everyone was vice captaining him, and if he went big, I would have been stuck behind. And yeah, so I ended up changing to VC on. Yeah, on Pap didn't didn't work out. Great, and then end up captaining for Fida. We were bailed out by a very, very lucky try assist, and yeah, he is on the on the chopping block. Um, but yeah, apart from that, mate, I cannot complain. Daniel Tupo, seventy odd. Um, Isaac Tago, like he's just a stud. Like he's just a, a based out monster, which is fantastic for for Supercoach. And then um, apart from that, yeah, everything else went okay for Fida. Uh, Max King was my starting front rower this week. He did okay. Jack Arrow did okay. Reed Marnie. Uh, I mean, 60 points, but it's a very unconvincing 60 points. And when Harry Grant's scoring 91, um, it makes life hard. I wish I went earlier on the... I wish I went earlier on Josh King. Like, I wish I just went to to North Brand of Josh King early, and then it would give me three trades next week um, to get Grant in. But unfortunately, yeah, you live and you learn, uh, but we will have the money after the planned trades I've got in my mind to get Grant in at the start of round four. So... Not too bad. Uh, we'll move forward. 
you said off camera that you're not really sure on where your trades are sitting. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Like, is there a lot of players in your mind that you're looking at chopping up or are you pretty happy with your side and that's why you're not keen on trades? Center's a little bit of a problem for me. Penasini and Targo are really obviously solid options, but around that I've got I've got a lot of injuries and I need to find some stability and points in that area. I'm quite happy with my forwards. They're not setting the world on fire, but they're not burning me too badly either. Crichton was a bit disappointing this week, but I can't see myself selling a gun like Angus. Uh, my front row is a bit messed up. I'd like to get Haas as quickly as I can, but this week's all about making sure I've got the right cash cows. So Max, Josh King, those type of guys I need to make sure I've got this week and I need to make sure I pick up a center this week. So it's tricky because, you know, the temptation to, you know, sell turbo, even though I got him obviously this round with a BE of, you know, three, three to 350, it's going to, it's going to be weighing on me. I think during the week, whether or not I cash out and take, you know, six or $700,000 and, and, you know, move that around elsewhere in my side. I've, if, if I get the captains right, my scores aren't terrible the last two weeks. It's just, I've failed miserably with the captains getting both of them getting 30. So yeah. Yeah. I'm not too fussed about the, um, the Fafita captain this week because it was probably the most popular play. But if I did go to Desco, I stuck with my gut, then we would have been on, uh, what, 35 points more. So we would have been just under a thousand pre-updates. But yeah, you live and you learn. Um, as for cash cows for the Ramsey resurgence, we have been pretty good. I'm only missing Josh King off the top of my head. And yeah, he's in this week. I mean, I've already got Max. Uh, and apart from that, there's no one else really that's sort of bolted out. Ethan Bullymore stocks have plummeted. So, yeah, not too fussed about that. Um, Spencer Lenu has probably gone up in people's mind now that um, Sorensen's out and Jared Wearhart, not Jared Wearhart, Graves, James Fisher-Harris is out next week. And obviously he scored a try, which boosted him up a little bit there. So Spencer Lenu probably would have, yeah, jumped in people's minds, but I'm probably more keen on, on Josh King. Uh, let's move into the, the recap for the weeks gone by. First game of the night, uh, the Storm 15, the Rabbitohs 14, headlined by the one and only Harry Grant. Um, everyone knows how much we pump him up on this podcast, and yeah, I think it just shows that like, he is the best hooker in the world, in my opinion. Um, guys can say Brandon Smith all they want, but I feel like Harry Grant is just so much more complete, and a 92 Supercoach outing, I guess, proved that at primetime TV on a Thursday night. Yeah, the storm in the first half, I know the second half went a little bit astray, but the storm in the first half, that felt like a warning shot, how good they looked straight off the bat. Grant was amazing. Munster looked really primed. He was he was involved in everything. Now, Hughes was a little quiet, and maybe that's because all the studs were back. Pappenhausen kind of played his, played his hand when he needed to, but otherwise didn't get too over-involved. I really liked what I saw from the storm. I thought South were quite poor in the first half. Um, obviously they, they clawed that back in say the, the final 10, 15 minutes and, and made a game of it. I thought Ken Murray's a workhorse. Hopefully he goes back to starting from next week. I, I was a bit scared when I saw that he was playing off the bench. I was like, Oh bloody hell, what is wrong with me this year? I'm cursed, <laughs> but he ended up, he ended up, you know, punching out a really good score from the bench. If I was Apart you, that, if I was you, I'd be, I'd be cheering him on the bench every week. If he's gonna play, I think he played seventy-two minutes straight and ended up on a seventy-six. So, like, as an owner, you're like, oh shit, I'll take that. 
Murray's a bit like Payne Haas. I, I, they're a better side when he's on the field, and I don't know why Souths don't see that and give him at least 65, if not 70 minutes a week, but oh, nothing changes. <laughs> uh, who, who else do we have here? Cameron Munster, first game back with us with a 74. For the owners that held, mm. uh, that's got to look really, really enticing. Uh, and, yeah, for his first game back, that's awesome to see. Uh, Xavier Coates with a 60, uh, scored a double, which is nice. Uh, one of them wasn't with a line break, so... I mean, it's it's not concerning because he's he's there to score tries. So I'm not too fast as an owner. Um, Josh King, 51. He's just a plotter. Like he's not going to do anything. But at 250k or whatever, he will make a little bit of cash. Be a nice slow burn and probably a decent option to play week in week out if you know you're going to get 50s. Uh, on the South Sydney side of things, obviously you have got Jackson Paulo and Campbell Graham, the two centres. Uh, really tore it up for South Cameron Murray as we touched on with a 76. Uh, Latron Mitchell with a 71. I know that he has entered your thoughts. Um, in terms of fullback, he's also entered mine. I'm probably looking at him a little bit later on, um, but yeah, probably probably like around five or six. I'm I'm looking at Latrell just when that draw opens up and he gets a little bit of match fitness under his stomach. Uh, but apart from that, yeah, um, looked to be very one sided at halftime. Uh, I know that the coach of the Tom Turbos, who won our or won my league's sort of first prize last week, he put a bet on, and I think we had Melbourne minus seven and a half, and that looked to be pretty safe and sound. At halftime, then South caught it back. So the multi was dead after the first leg, uh, which is in great spirits for this podcast. Uh, the Dragons, 16. The Panthers, 20. Uh, this one was a bit of an arm wrestle that the Panthers, I think, dragged themselves into. Um, but, yeah, quality quality gets over the line here. And, um, yeah, the big talking point, William and Kikau, back-to-back weeks of him having monster scores. I know that he's entered the frame of a lot of people's minds. If you're looking at a low base, high upside second rower, and you own David Fafita, yeah, don't be expect, don't be surprised to see plenty of trades from Fafita to, to kick out this week. Yeah, it won't surprise me at all because it's not a one hit wonder anymore. He's done it two weeks in a row. We know he's got this in his game. We know he's got some lower ones in his game, but he does look really, really keen this year and really fit and involved to the point where it's been cutting out Toto a lot. Him and him and the young fellow have been taking all the ball away. Um, you know, going themselves and taking the hit-ups, which means that Toto has been the big loser. You know, his break-even next game is going to be enormous, I'd say, at his price. It was an interesting game, this. You know, you look you look back on it and the dubious sin bin was where Penrith scored the majority of their points. And I didn't think that first sin bin was a sin bin. I thought they were a little bit lucky by that. Um, yeah, it was an interesting game. I thought... The dragon, it, it was there to win for the dragons. Yeah. They certainly stayed in the contest, that's for sure. No, no I, I, I 100% agree. Um, pretty touch and go. I mean, yeah, I, I don't think it should have been a sin bin, but it is what it is. And the Panthers, with the quality they have, um, yeah, took, took over and won the game. Brian Toto out for up to eight weeks with that MCL. I think it's an MCL. Um, so we're going to have Talon May or Robert Jennings come in. Um, Robert Jennings is 220 and Talon May is 250 off top of my head. So whichever one then comes in. We'll be straight into my team, um, not this week, the week after. Uh, who else we had? Appy Corriso with another good score, back-to-back 71. Uh, Isaiah Yo continues to just be that base-stack guy with a 61. Uh, Spencer Lenny with a 61 with a try. On the Dragon side of things, Ben Hunt topped it with a 75. Apart from that, not a whole lot to talk about from the Dragons. Um, I mean, Jack Bird, 39, has to sort of start the sting owners a little bit. But apart from that, like Tyrell Sloan after a great great week, first week, back down to a 26. That This was the worry that we had with Tyrell Sloan. Uh, if the Dragons aren't scoring bulk points, and 16 points isn't a lot, 
Um, I, I, I struggle to see his involvement and just the way the game is going, mate. Like, this is not 2021 anymore. It's pretty clear that that was an outlier season. And you can say that teams are easing back into it all you want. And I understand that. But, like, we were seeing big scores sort of from the get-go and, and we haven't seen that straight away. And, yeah, it's pretty clear that we're, we're shifting back to, to, to the old style of Supercoach. Um, people have said in the, yeah, chat, well, in, the, in the chat already, like, a 1,000 seems like the, the old 1,400. Well, 1,000 used to be the target. And if you got 1,200, you were absolutely loving life. And, you know, there used to be one or two tons around, and which is kind of where we've been at now for two rounds in a row. I think eventually it'll open up and we'll see some bigger scores again, but I don't think we're going to see scores on the level that we were seeing again this season. Uh, time will tell. One little note I noticed this game, how rocks and diamonds was Zach Lomax? His name was just on commentary all the time, whether it was for a mistake or it was for some flick pass that he nailed off, you know, that actually came off or whether he put one in the crowd. It was it was crazy, crazy game from him. Pretty sure he got sin-binned as well. So that's a minus 10 and 15 points off the field. And he still ended up with a 50. Um, Zach Lomax is a guy that I do want to be owning. Um, I just got to find the right time when. Uh, we'll find some funds and we'll get him in because great score last week, uh, a 50 this week with a sin bin. I'm pretty sure. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, and yeah, 15 minutes or 10 minutes off the field. So he could have gone 65 plus in back-to-back good weeks and a gun gun off the tee. So yeah, Zach Lomax is a guy that I'll, I'll be really looking to target, uh, especially sort of round six, seven onwards. He'll play over the origin period, which will be fantastic. Uh, then moving on to the Roosters 26, the Seagulls 12. For me, this was the better, like the, the best bet of the week. I didn't really see the Roosters slumping two weeks in a row and they just showed their quality. After 10 minutes, Sam Walk was on 50 points and he finished on 50 points. So I was expecting the world from, from Sammy Walks after 10 minutes, but not to worry. I mean, he's playing second fiddle to Kiri, who who himself had a fantastic game. Uh, I think he scored 63 points. Uh, but the talk of the town was the back rowers and not the premium one that most of us own. Nat Butcher and Satili Tupanua combined, combined for about 210 points between them. Uh, Nat Butcher off the bench with a 114 and Satili with an eight, with an 86. Yeah, just the back rowers carving up, but unfortunately not the back row we wanted to see in Angus Crichton. No, it wasn't. Uh, the Roosters, the, they were on here. They they muscled up from the first time they touched the ball um, in the forwards, which was great to see. And there was a lot more fluidity with the, the back line as well. I just think Victor Radley, he just adds so much to their line and to their structures. And I thought... like. Forget about his super coach points. I know he only got 41, but he makes such a difference to that team and they all played better. Walker got 59 and I know what you're saying. Obviously, he did get the early junk and, you know, you were like, hey, he's on here for a big one. But I really liked what I saw from him yeah, in just... the six. He's he's growing. He, he needs a little bit more of a deft touch on certain things. Sometimes the passes are a bit too much and the kicks are a bit too heavy. But some of the things he does on his feet are wonderful and... I, I'm holding Sam Walker. I know people have been talking about rage trading last week and some people are talking about, you know, upgrading him on even this week. I'm going to hold. I just I just think that there's a lot of growth in his game and the Roosters, you know, do have quite a good run coming up. That was my point. Go look at the Roosters draw over the next seven weeks. There's, there's not a chance in the world that I can sell Sam Walker. He really passed the eye test for me. He was like really taking on the line as well, like just jinking and he looked really dangerous. Yep. looked like he could have two or three tries that game and, uh, and and even that in trices. So I'm I'm not selling um, just yet. I mean, James Desco scoring 84, just what, what Teddy does. I mean, he's back to, well, I say back. This is what we, we come to expect from James Desco. Was a 
a really poor last week for him. It was a poor week for the Roosters in general, and I was really happy to put a red line through all the Roosters guys and then, yeah, come back this week, 26 points, and, and looked really, really dominant. Uh, Connor Watson with a 77, two line break assists and a try assist, did his shoulder. Um, we haven't had a time frame on that yet, but he will be out for a while. Um, see what Takiyaho. Taki Aho. I thought it was a burner. Oh, it was a burner, was it? Okay, well, if that's the case, he's sweet to go. Hey, see what Taki Takiyaho. I'm not suggesting he's a buy by any stretch of the imagination, but the bloke had 28 tackles and 23 hit-ups and scores 69, basically, all in base. So, yeah, really good outing from him. Uh, step back up after probably getting dominated last week uh, from the Knights pack. So, good to see him step back up. On the manly side of things, um, Hamwa Olakowatu, 77 points, all in base as well. Uh, another guy that just had a field day in base, and, and he'll be featuring on uh, my Instagram page this week, just a, as a quiet sort of underachiever that just had a monster score, and, and no one really talks about There was no attacking stats in his game whatsoever. So 77 points from Hamwell is fantastic. 60 points from DCE, 58 from Lachlan Croker. Yada, 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 yada. you got to scroll all the way down to see a 34-pointer from Tom Travojevic. Brewski, what are we doing with Turbo? Because we know the draw opens up for Manly in week three, but facing a, what, 340 break-even thereabouts? Owners now have the dilemma, and you're one of them yourself, so I'd love to get your thoughts on them. You're sitting there wondering, like, crap, the Bulldogs, we thought this was a 400-point game from Turbo with the captaincy on him, but the Bulldogs have shown solidity in defense, and I know they haven't played two of the best sides in the world in the Cowboys and the Broncos, but only conceding, what, 20 points over two weeks, something like that, and Manly do not look crash hot. You know you're going to lose cash if you hold him, but he's probably the best captaincy option next week. What do we do with Turbo? If we're not talking about me personally, sell Turbo. Yeah, just in general. Um, what do you think the, in general, the strategy if, should be? Like for me, it's a bit different because I, I've already burned a trade to get him in. So I need, now need to consider whether this is my route. I just stick with Turbo, wait till he comes good, or if I double back and cost myself two trades and, and get him later cheaper because he will get significantly cheaper. And, and you know, it is a your profit and loss type game. you got to think about how you use your money. So for me, I'm not sure. I'm still on the fence. So I haven't made a decision. I'll had a really busy weekend, so I'll, on Tuesday I'll have a good think about that. But in general, I'd be selling Turbo if you started the season with him. Uh, cash that out, get him back cheaper. You know, there's there's lots of options. You can go down to Teddy or Pappenhausen. You could throw Nico Hines there as a short-term play if you wanted to and and then flick him up. You could go Latrell Mitchell, Clint Gutherson. There's plenty of options that are going pretty good. So um, I would be selling if I was a owner from the beginning. Uh, I was in the opposite camp. I was in the hold, but the reports are that he's not fit. I mean, has the injury concern after the game. So like, if that is true and he's going to spend some time on the sidelines and you've got to weigh that up as well, like you've just got to instantly sell then and then free up the funds. Like if you own Fafita and you owned Turbo, what do you got? Two million bucks there to to, to really fix up your side. That's that's turning three cash cows into three absolute stellar superstars. So you've got to, you've got to sort of work that out as to what you're going to do. Two million bucks is probably too much to spend in one week, but it's going to set you up long-term moving forward. Um, someone said in the chat here, what about Garrick? Yeah, he's... Garrick is just... Brew and I said this all preseason. Uh, Garrick was not an option for us whatsoever. Um, coming off the back of a heavily inflated season, we were struggling with Turbo as well, um, but yeah, Garrick definitely not. If you're on Garrick, you've got to cut ties immediately, I feel. Um, but yeah, I mean, Billy Smith scored a 37 in a game where he didn't do a whole lot. Oh, sorry, a 32. So uh, 
300K is a lot to be sitting on your bench. He's For me, he's not a guy that I can play in my 17. But I think, I don't know. He got moved to the wing with Paul Momorowski shifting in. So is that writing on the wall that maybe his job security isn't what we thought it was? And, and Sawali is coming back to New South Wales Cup next week. So a couple of weeks of match fitness for him and you'd think he'd be close to pushing for first grade again. Yeah, I knew about the Billy Smith switch. I think on Wednesday, I knew that was happening. So it could be an indication that Suwali and Billy Smith might be competing for that job. They, I think they prefer the defensive structures of Momorowski in the centers. And that's why they made that switch. So... Yeah, I'm holding Smith for now, but his scores haven't been fantastic. And I'd like them to bump, you know, if you could go into the 40-plus region, then I don't mind him as a cheap guy that you can plug and play weekly. But at the moment, getting 25 to, what, 32 last start, it's it's difficult. Oh, we look on the Manly side as well. Like the very last name on this list here, Ethan Bullymore, 20 points, got hooked for Andrew Davey. Uh, it's time to move on. I was very much against Bullymore uh, last week. Kind of sucked to watch as a non-owner, but yeah, back to not playing 80, playing through the middle or whatever. But if you own Bullymore, uh, I think the the jig's up. You waste a trade, don't get a cash rise, but you just got to move on, I feel. Yeah, I'm looking myself. I think I'm going to go. I don't have Max King. I'm probably just going to go straight Bullymore down to Max King this week and take nearly 100k because you know they're max king scoring at a 1.3 type ppm whereas bullimore's like got a pissy 1.6 type ppm across two games 0. So. 0. 0.6 1.6 is exceptional oh sorry yeah 0. 0.6 so yeah i i think it's time to sell like he's cheap you don't have to sell him by any means but if you've if you've got someone like King that's 100k cheaper, then I'd just do it. Now, we touched on this before we moved into the games, but the Roosters went left uh, an absurd amount of times, which is fantastic for me as a Daniel Tupo owner. Uh, awesome. But as an Angus Crichton owner as well, I don't know. Crichton pumped out 66 last week doing nothing. He pumped out, what, 45 this week. I've got more pressing issues than to trade Angus Crichton, who, like, realistically, is probably going to be there for the season for me. Like, it's just some kind of stability in, in the 2RF. And I know that... No, I know he's not setting the world on fire, but like I, I don't know, I just can't cut ties with with Gus right now. We saw both back rolls for the Roosters carve up on another day. That could have been Angus, so I'm not, yeah, I'm not keen to to move on Angus just yet. The they'll, they've gone left, yeah, last week and the first week they probably tried to go left more than they went right. But there'll be games where they start going right more often, and they'll be they'll will find a way to inject Angus. I'm not too concerned. I'm just going to hold. Yeah, uh, and that's sort of my thinking too. The Titans 20, the Warriors 18. The Warriors find a way to lose another game. The Warriors could easily be 2-0, but they find themselves staring down the bar- barrel of 0-2. What did you make of this one? I really enjoyed this contest. This was really fun to watch. Like Both sides were in and out of that contest, back and forth the whole way. I found it... Um, I found it really enjoyable to watch. I thought Reese Walsh looked pretty good. Yeah. Um, growing, certainly growing as a player. I actually thought Ash Taylor had quite a good game as well. I thought they were quite good with him. Um, what's his name? Brimson. Brimson's so important to the Titans, I think. He, I thought he was one of their best players on the day. Marshu. <laughs> oh, big Greg. How does, I remember how does, saying... Yeah, how, oh, how is he not locked into a starting spot is yeah. just ridiculous. Like... And unfortunately, like when Corey Thompson comes back, Greg drops out, and I don't think Greg takes over Sami. 
Um, and I'll touch on something when I have uh, some thoughts on this game, but Greg is just an absolute monster. I think it was on the very first podcast I said I wish Marshy was a little bit cheaper because I really want to play him this year. I actually thought he was going to get the start this year. So the fact that he's not in the team is ridiculous because he is an absolute weapon of a player. And yeah, Bo Fermor, he had a pretty good game, even if you take out, you know, the try, he's still in good 60 areas, which considering you can play that at centre is wonderful. So, yeah, I found the game itself really enjoyable. I thought Sexton didn't get score in the same way that he did in that first week, but he certainly had some key involvements as well and didn't probably didn't overplay his hand. I, I thought it was really good. I, I thought it was a little bit strange that they didn't really give the ball to Fafita much. Now, I know Fafita himself didn't go and find the you ball. You can blame Jaden Campbell for that, I think. Yeah, he's kind of got a bit of the glue hands about him, Campbell, and it's it's probably affecting them a little bit because their key weapon's not getting enough ball. And I guess, you know, that's why he's probably a sell this week after, you know, two games where he's been saved by kind of arsy line breaks that he made. Yeah, no, um, I'll let you guys know right now as I sit here at 8.38 on a Sunday night. Fafita, once lockout is opened, is gone. So nothing was stopping me trading Andrew Fafita. Um, 2022 is not 2021, and the upside just isn't there. I know how impressive he was last year, but he switched sides, and yeah, Jaden Campbell is just taking the ball away from him, and it's just not ideal. Um, another one I'd be looking to cut ties with if I own, and there was a bit of a narrative around him in the preseason, is Tino Fasul Malawi. Now, Kevin Proctor's rotating through the middle. You've got uh, Jermaine Jolliffe. You've got Sam Lasone. Like, there's a lot of middles there to feed. And I know that he's the captain and everything, but he's just not getting the boost as to what people thought he was. I think he played 65 minutes last week. Didn't score fantastic. Didn't score fantastic again this week. If you're a Tino owner and you're bought into the captain sort of thing, I'd be moving on personally. Yeah, I don't think... I, oh, it's situational. It depends on the team, obviously. But yeah, I, I never thought he was going to be much different to last season. He didn't really set the world on fire last year, but he was a good solid, you know, kind of 55 type average player. They've got a lot of forwards and, you know, between him and Mateki and Fafida, like there's, there's, there's mouths to feed there. And I just don't think that any of them are going to dominate enough to become in, in terms of front row forward to really be worthwhile picks. Yeah, um, and on so the, the the reason why I don't think Greg comes in and starts is because Philip Sami now didn't score fantastic, scored fifty nine super coach points. Not really an option for me, but just when the Titans were down and out late in the game, one man was just continually stepping up, and it was Philip Sami. Just every time he'd get a a good 13, 14 minute carry, hands and knees, quick play the ball, and off they go, and he, he really sort of changed momentum in that late in that game. And um, Corey Thompson is just too good to leave out of the side. And yeah, I just I just don't think Philip Sami's done enough to be dropped. So unfortunately, I think Greg does fall out of the side, which is which is crap because Marzu was an absolute weapon. Uh, we saw that. As for the Warriors, though, uh, Wade Egan with an eighty-point game. I tried a dummy half. Reese Walsh with a seventy-six, as we touched on. Uh, Josh Curran. Josh Curran is the update king. Last week he finished on sixty-three points, updated to like eighty. This week he finished on like fifty, updated to sixty-three. Man, it's just an update weapon. Um, I'm still really looking at Josh Curran once he moves to the edge. Uh, I'm really, really keen on that. Uh, Adam Fanua Blake. Now, look, he scored a 62 with a junky like a, with the junky line break again. This is two weeks in a row for Adam Fanua Blake. He's just a 50 point, 50 point prop at the moment. Like the the line breaks have saved him, and, and I wouldn't be trading him out because he won't lose cash. But you've got to be a little bit worried, or you're hoping that like this is just early 
early jitters for him and he'll come good. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm not hating on Fenil Blake the way that others are. Like that, it was really hot in that game. Like Lodge was on the sideline having a chunder from heat stroke. We so, um, sorry, so just before you, we we ended up cutting the the Hall of Fame segment. It kind of flopped. Um, but if we were doing it, <laughs> Matt Lodge's uh, Matt Lodge's upchuck on the sideline definitely would have been my nomination. What a sight! And in terms of the line breaks, he's he's two weeks in a row. He's looked like making two or three line breaks. So I know I said this in our group chat. I don't think him getting a line break necessarily is going to be shocking if he does it, you know, every few weeks he's getting a line break. I just think that's part of the type of player that he is. So I know he's getting the RC line breaks, but I think he'll get them consistently. And I think score wise, he's played in two very humid condition games and, you know, these guys are just getting back into football. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be selling for Neil Blake myself personally. I'd be holding. Yeah. I wouldn't be selling, but he's definitely one to, to, to be watching out for. I feel um, both the back rowers kind of underwhelmed. You and I can, you and I said this in the preseason. If these attacking stats dry up, he's a fifty-point guy, and that's what he sort of has shown. Uh, Forty-eight points this week on Twitter. I also posted if you're looking at buying Alikatoa, don't. Uh, he lost his main output with SJ, and what he ended up with forty-four. So, I mean, if you own him, that's fine. There's worse guys getting around uh, to Alangi, Nenai, Luki, whatever, but. What Aiken, obviously not a not a sell. God, I just sort of stopped talking. Then not a sell, but someone to monitor, similar to AFB. Um, Montoya, you said right? No, no, I'm going to talk about Aiken. Sorry. Hold on, Aiken. Um, it's got a forty-eight. Probably hold him. I would depends on the team. I think for that question, it, it's really you know if he, if he's in your second row, then yeah, I think there's better options. But if he's in your center at the moment, then no one's really setting the world on fire at center at the moment. He might just be a solid points play each week, and then reassess once we start getting a little bit of consistency from the teams. Yeah, uh, that's fair. Like the the dual center wing does help him, but yeah, with the attacking output dried up, this is kind of what he's priced at. So he's not going to lose cash. Won't make any. He's just kind of going to. Plot, plot along there. Um, the Sharks, 18. The Eels, 16. This one was full of controversy with the Mitch Moses tackle on Teague Wilton, who I know a lot of people were looking at, but he is suspended for a week. Um, and if he challenges it and loses, he is suspended for two weeks. If I was Teague Wilton, I would not be challenging this because it did not look good. Um, wrapping Mitch Moses as he's in the air around the legs. So if you're looking at Teague Wilton, probably move on. Um, but yeah, for the Sharks, I mean, one man at the top there, Nico Hines, 101 points after his, what, 71 point adding last week. Um, 72. Bruski, I don't have a white flag, but if I did, I'd be waving it because Nicholas Hines is the newest recruit 
of the Ramsey resurgence come about 12 o'clock on Monday? I'm jealous. Uh, yeah. You I can't I afford it. So highly, I spoke so highly of him and then didn't end up playing, you know, starting the season with him. So I'm a little bit dirty on myself for that, but I'm not surprised by what I'm saying. I, I tried to tell you guys, he's, he's, performances in Q cup when playing in the actual halves were brilliant. He he's very good at putting guys through, through holes. And we haven't even really seen that part of his game yet. Most of the game that we're seeing is him creating his own space and, and going from there and then putting guys through, but you know, the way that, you know, say a Mitchell Pierce used to put through, uh, KP, uh, no, no coordinate. Like oh. that's the type of, th- Thing that Kynes can do and I saw in the Q Cup he hasn't started doing that yet which is why when you said you were selling Nakora I was like oh if he starts putting Nakora through holes Josh is going to be so dirty um not a case of no, if look, it's it's a, it's a case of when and I'm when, gonna, I'm going to be I'm going to be when you sell him. filthy <laughs> but I can't wait for a Nakora hat trick next week and he scores what 140 I'll be I'll be filthy Heinz would probably be one at to sum up, Heinz would probably be one, number one on my list of guys that I want to get in my team ASAP, basically. Now, sorry, out of the corner of my eye, a couple of people, um, I can see the chat, and they're saying that, that they're, they're holding the cash for Cleary um, because Cleary is the better half. My what if Cleary loses cash? My, my argument is Nico Heinz is doing it in this new game. Like, well, not the new game, the old game. We've seen Nico now average, what, 79 points a game, something like that. Like, Cleary, we haven't seen him do it with these new rule changes. And not what Heinz is what three hundred k or two hundred and sixty k or something cheaper. I don't know. I don't know. I just, I just like, I'll probably end up running Heinz and Cleary by the by round twenty five. But yeah, Nico Heinz, man, like got that Cameron Munster base, but he's still got like a decent. I don't think Heinz is like the hundred and sixty point halfback that Cleary is, but like man, he's got that Munster base, which is really really nice. He's just an accumulator of points, and he's a goal kicker as well. Needs to work on his on his goal kicking. Oh yes, being one from four. But <laughs> hey, he, 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 he got the most. Im- he got the most important one. That's all that matters. The one from four. All you need is a Sharks fan is the one. They, they they when that up up Cronulla happened, it was like they'd won the grand final. <laughs> up up Cronulla. It was good. I, like I enjoyed the, that game a lot. I like actually. The I thought that was a real cracking contest. You know, they were just at each other and. Eels really pulled one out of their ass with that, you know, chip and chase try that Dylan Brown should have got all the points for. I'm all, just kidding. All the points. No, I think, he, I think he, it. he got given a try contribution and then a line break yeah. later on, which is awesome as a Dylan Brown. And hey, we'll quickly round up the Sharks. Uh, Will Kennedy with an 87. Awesome game from him. Sione Katoa with an 80. Uh, Teague Wilton with a 77. Two great scores for Wilton back to back. And he's probably the Sharks back role that you want to own, but looking like he's suspended for at least a week. Uh, Blake Braley with a 71. Only had a line break in there, so 66, 61 points, basically all in base for Blake Braley. Two back-to-back good scores for him. Uh, Connor Tracy with a 67. My boy Matt Moylan with a 63. Dale Finucane with a 60. Dale Finucane is 90 for 90 in tackles in the first two weeks. Uh, I know a lot of people said he was over the hill, um, myself included, but 90 for 90 in tackles in the first two weeks as a middleman, that is very, very impressive. Yeah, Finucane's just... He's the Iron Man, you know. He just goes in, rolls his sleeves up, does the job, doesn't let his teammates down. He's exactly what that club needed in the middle. He can be their new Paul Gallon type uh, in the middle for them. So he's a great signing and he certainly hasn't let them down. Uh, On to Blake Braley. God, that's hard to say. Blake Braley. Um, He's been killing it 
yeah. these last two weeks. He's, his vision is he's the thing that I've really noticed has improved a lot. Like just the way that he, he can have a look and see what's on and then take it. Uh, I've been really impressed with him and it looks like he is going to be an 80 minute uh, hooker this season for them ongoing, even with McInnes back, I think he's still going to get the 80. So Interesting. He's a he's a keen watch. Yeah, he he was always very very highly rated coming through the juniors and didn't hit the ground running. It's, I think it's fair to say he was just kind of a sort of average hooker. But the last two games, he's shown incredible IQ just around the rock and picking his moments very very well. And yeah, if he continues it, it's going to be very hard not to not to look at moving Randall up to to Blake Braley. Certainly, I don't mind that at all. Um, so Parramatta. Dylan Brown as an owner, awesome. Reed Marnie as an owner. Oh, I was, With a try, it's not a great score. I was so against Reed Marnie all preseason, and then you and your bald head talked me into him, and now I'm just like, oh, this isn't, this isn't. And now I've got Harry Grant, and you've got Reed Marnie. No, how, how do we get to this? Um, yeah, I mean, the thank, <laughs> the thankful, like the really thankful thing for me is. Reed Marnie is going to have one price drop and Harry Grant's not going to get a price rise because obviously he was suspended the first game. So I'm only going to cop a slight loss going uh, Marnie to Grant. But man, oh man, like 40-20 last week, try this week, still averaging 50 points a game. I will say though, he looked very, very threatening. Like he always just looked around the rock and a couple of forwards peeked their heads through. And unfortunately that's not going to happen next week because they're playing Melbourne. So I'm going to have to cop that. And then after that, we're moving on to Harry Grant. I'm not making that a secret. But, yeah, Reed's just not being Reed. He's just not getting the base that we expected him to. He's just not making his tackles. He had one really bad read um, at the end of the game. And, yeah, I mean, as an owner, what are we doing? Like, if you're an owner, are you you're panic selling? You're finding the 50K to move to Grant ASAP? Or if it's a case of ripping your team apart, is Grant not worth it? I wouldn't rip my team apart to do it. You know, there's every chance that Reed goes out and has a blinder and makes 50 tackles against Melbourne. We don't know. But if you've got the 50K there, I would just go to Grant because Grant's got the highest ceiling of any of the hookers in the competition. And, you know, we saw last week what he can do when he clicks. You know, he, he got 90 points and, you know, he didn't even get multiple try assists or anything in that. It was just all Harry Grant-style points. So if you can, do it. If you can't, you know, just wait a week or two. It won't hurt you too much. Gutho with an 81, awesome from Gutho. Uh, Isaiah Papali'i, 65. Junior Paulo, four, uh, 54. Got to scroll down to Mitch Moses, 41. I think Mitch Moses was hard done by. It was one of those games where, like, this was like a typical Clint Gutherson game from Mitch Moses, where, like, you look at the game, you're like, shit, he's going to be on, like, 90 points, but just sort of never correlated. Um, but still, overall, I think he's averaging 60 points over the first two weeks. So if you own Mitch Moses, I wouldn't be panicking too much. They play Melbourne next week, which is their hardest game for the first nine weeks. So if you're a Mitch Moses owner, I would just be holding pretty pretty firm, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Don't be selling Mitch Moses. Like, Mitch Moses had a really good game. It just doesn't always correlate to super coach points sometimes. You know, you look up there and see that Gutherson and, and Brown got the top two scores, got 67 and 81, and you go, what happened? But Moses had a really solid game. You know, he also probably held back a little bit too in the second half because, you know, he came into the second half with that cork that he got after mm-hmm. he scored the try as well. So, you know, there's, there's reasons to defend Moses. Yeah, 100%. Um, last week, Gutho scored poor. Moses scored fantastic this week, sort of the other way around. So I think it goes in cycles. Yep. 
moving on to the next game, if I can bring it up quickly. Uh, you and your bullshit Corey Harawira Naira pick just keep bag and really ask junk points, which is frustrating because you, you gloat in the group chat whenever Corey Harawira Naira does something. And after the first ten just minutes, the after he, after the first ten minutes when he's moved to centre, I was just like, ha. Suck shit, this is what you get. And then the failed, ha- oh, it was a positive HIA, so he went back in and scored a try, and you're sitting there with a 69-point Corey had a an R on your side. Yeah, he's not letting me down. Uh, I just really like the involvement, too. The, the set that he scored the try, I think he had three or four runs in that one set. He just kept coming back for the ball. And, you know, he got about four or five tackle busts in the, in the try that he did score. So I just really like the effort. I, it is frustrating for me seeing him constantly getting pushed out to the wing and, and to the center to see 69 points though. When, when Canberra only scored, you know, six points for the game, I was very happy with that. And I'm very happy with the pod pick. Good on you, Corey. Yes. Um, apart from that, there isn't a whole lot to talk about here. Jack White and quite heavily traded in scored a 56, had a 40, 20, uh, had a try assist as well. I'm pretty sure. So yeah. Uh, if you're an owner, 56 is fine. Uh, but you got to scroll all the way down to big James Schiller, six points. A lot of people got not sucked into him. They, they picked him because he was cheap. I think next week is D-Day for Schiller. T- Teamless Tuesday will be very, very interesting. Uh, Nick Cottridge came out and Sebastian Chris came in, but then you got Jordan Rapiner coming back. So it's D-Day for Schiller. I know you're an owner yourself, so I think you'll be watching Teamless Tuesday very heavily, uh, but he won't burn you at 170K. He won't be an AE nightmare, I don't feel. So you kind of assess that one team by team. When it comes to the North Queensland Cowboys, Peter Hicku on 76, uh, Murray Tualungi on a 69, Hamiso Tabuai Fado at a 60, Tom Dearden at a 59. We'll skip over Lolo because I want to sort of go into detail on him. Uh, Reese Robson with a 52, Carmen Hess with a 51. Not a whole lot else to really touch on. Jamie Nenai, 36 points with a try, played 80 minutes, just missed. So, so many tackles. Yep. All right, cool. Thanks, bro. Cheers. Um, all right, so J- J- Jason Tamalolo. I'm not worried. Honestly, as an owner, I'm not fussed. He played 51 minutes last week, 55 minutes this week. Hadn't played a minute of preseason football. Had that hamstring injury. Uh, look, I just think he's getting eased back into a 60-minute role. I know that after the post-match interview, he was like, no, I'm not playing 60. But Todd Payton has been slammed in the media all week about him not playing big minutes. Do you really think Lolo's going to come out and be like, yeah, no, I'm going to play big, well, I want to play big minutes. So just going to put more pressure under the head coach that is not needed. I just think Lolo, like, if you're selling Lolo, geez, your side must be stacked if he's the biggest issue because what did he get last week? 55 and then 56 this week. Kind of what he's priced at and he's got all the upside in the world. 35 points after 30 minutes in his first stint. I'm, as an owner, I'm not fast. As a neutral, how do you see this Lolo situation? Would you be holding? Would you be selling? Would you even be buying? I, I'm i keeping a close eye on him because I feel like his minutes will increase and his PPM will increase. So I'm keeping very close eye on Tamalolo. If I did have him, I certainly wouldn't be selling him. You know, that was another very, very humid game up in North Queensland again. I'd like to see how he goes in a Sydney game or, you know, down in Melbourne where it's not quite the conditions that, that they're copying in Queensland. You know, you got to understand they've, they've come off some pretty serious weather and now the heat on top of that creates enormous humidity. You know, anyone lives in the Western suburbs of Sydney is feeling it, you know, over the last week in a similar way, 24 degree days feels like, you know, it's 32 degrees outside. So he's not, he's not someone I'd be selling personally. I think 
you know, you got much bigger problems than a guy that's getting 50 or 55. You know, he's 200K cheaper than Angus Crichton, who's got a, a 66 and a 45, and not many people are yelling and screaming that they're going to sell Angus Crichton. So I'm not sure why there's so much attention on Tamalolo at 485. He looked rubbish last week. I'll be quite honest. He did not look good. But like this week in his first in, like he looked very hungry for the ball. He was just going after it, backing into the line, making some good runs. So yeah, not a buy, definitely not a sell. So we've got to be in that hold category. Uh, heading down to Newcastle, any chance we could skip this game? Because boy, howdy, as a Tigers fan, this was a very, very brutal watch. Yeah, it's funny that so many times the Tigers look like they were about to do something and they were doing something. And then there was just a miss pass, a drop ball, a forward pass, just something silly to end the set, which just killed the run. And Newcastle probably got a little bit lucky in the first half, say to, to get out to an elite to establish a lead. But in that second half, it was just, they just put the foot on the throat and suffocated you guys out of the game and dominated. And then, you know, I know you had a couple of disallowed tries in there and eventually you scored six points with, you know, three or four minutes to go, but it was, it was not a great game. We were never from in the, the West Tigers at all. Yeah. We Plenty were, of the we were never in game, that so game. We'll say that. We were never in that game at all. Like so the, the, fir- the, the first half, the Knights, no. the, the Knights just were on top and they continued to be on top. They had the wind, used it very well. The Tigers just couldn't get anything happening. Like so many drop balls from us. So yeah, not, not great. Um, for the, from a super coach standpoint, Luciano top score for the Tigers with a 60, Jake Simpkin with a 54, Alex Twa with a 52. Apart from that, not a whole lot else to really touch on here. Um, well, two Alagi, yeah, got 24. I mean, that's I was probably just, something. I was sc- scrolling down. Like in terms of the, the positives, there's not much to talk about. The negatives, two Alagi axed, just pulled, hooked. I don't know what the hell happened. They brought on Safarth. They brought on Joe O. Huh. I mean, I'm not selling, but. He's now lost a spot in my 17, and I was tossing up between him and um, Randall as my last sort of reserve, and thankfully Randall didn't go huge. But, yeah, to a luggy, not not ideal. Um, as for the Knights, though, uh, the halves. The halves look really good. For as much as we were slamming um, Clifford and Clune, they're combining really well. And, look, Tax Hoy did not play good this game. But, like, you put KP in that side with how, how they're rolling forward. The Knights look good. I'm concerned about people buying a lot into the Knights considering the draw they've got coming up. But the first two weeks, they've looked good. Top of the table, Newcastle Knights, mate. I know. Put some some respect on the name. Frizzell. Frizzell's getting a lot of love. um, But there is a real tough draw coming up. So you probably need to factor that into your Frizzell decision. Gagai's making me look like a fool. (laughs) Both of us. Um, So I'll just (laughs) move past him. Adam Clune, I was always very supportive of. I, I always thought last season he should have been partnering Ben Hunt. So I'm not surprised to see him going well. I have bashed Jake Clifford a little bit, so I am a little bit surprised to see him going well. Everyone else that's, you know, is, they're just doing their jobs. You know, I, I really like their forward pack. I actually really like uh, young, what's his name? Young fella, uh, Leo Thompson, Leo, Leo, Tom, Leo Thompson. Yeah, he, he just he looks like a an NRL forward to me. So, be interesting to see what where his place is in that side once they're at a full strength well, seventeen a, setup. A positive, a positive could be Lachlan Fitzgibbon has just gone down. Um, so you'd think Mitch Barnett shifts to the back row, which would take a middle spot 
off the bench. So you'd think that uh, you think that Thompson, as a as sort of the, the experienced middle, I say experienced, probably as a more natural middle, uh, might hold that spot when obviously all the troops come back. So Lock and Fitzgibbon uh, will be out for probably six to eight weeks or so. Um, you'd think Barnett moves into the back row. Barnett was playing through the middle off the bench, so that would take a middle spot out. They're obviously obviously going to get Clemmer back. They're going to get Saifidi back. Um, but yeah, I mean. If you own Thompson, I wouldn't be panic selling. If you own Momrasia, I probably would be because he just hasn't hit the ground running as a cheapie like people would have thought. Um, what are your thoughts on, on Momrasia? Yeah, I don't think anyone's a must-seller at 205, but if your team's in a good position and you're set up right already and you got all the, you know, all the decisions right, then I would be looking at getting the best possible cheapies, in which case, yes, I would be saying Mamasia. Um, okay, so the last game, one of the best games of the round, Supercoach-wise, a lot of people, and I mean a lot of people, had stocks in the Stags, Covo combination. I was watching it through the bloody the peeled fingers because I don't own either of them. When Adam Reynolds was trying out to be a long snapper and hit uh, hit Tony Staggs in the corner there, I was filthy. Then it was ruled. It was turned down. So, great. A lot of the chat's blowing up. What do we do with Staggs? What do we do with Cobo? Because Staggs didn't touch the ball and he scored 31. He still looks so, so lethal. I, I think I'd hold Cobo and I'd probably sell Staggs. To be honest, oh, I don't know. Like, it's going to be a break-even decision, and look at the draw, and look at you know where the extra money can go. He he's that type of player. Like he, what did he get today? Thirty-one. Thirty-one. So let's say after updates, he gets thirty-five. It's not that's not terrible in your centers, and we know that he has enormous upside. We know he can ton up. We've seen him do it multiple times. I guess it depends what you'd be using the funds on. I don't think anyone's knocking down the door. I'd go Lomax personally. To, if you can find the cash, hit. I'd go up to Lomax. Yeah, I don't know about that. I think I'd prefer to own Stags over Lomax. Ooh, no, no. I think I think Stag. I think Lomax is like a top four center wing for the for the season. So I'd be definitely finding the cash and getting a Lomax personally. As for Cobo, though. Yeah, but we're, you're also taking Stags out the back to shoot him, you know. You're taking him up the garden path after two games, you know. Yeah, but he, sometimes these calls have to be made, he though. He just hasn't been getting much ball. Yeah, yeah, but, like, these calls have to be made, though. Like, you've, you've, you're not gonna, you're not going to do any good just sitting there and being like, oh, you know what, what if you can't... Bro, I did this last year. Last year, I was like, oh, you know what, Nico Hines will get benched. Papanels will come back. Munster will come back. It'll be fine. I mean, don't get Hines. Don't get Garrick. They can't continue. And they, they just kept doing it. And the Broncos, for being 2-0, and haven't looked good offensively. They scored, what, 11 points last week. They scored 16 points this week. I know that Adam, it was Adam Reynolds' first game and, and the combination will click. But, like, when the points are there, you've got to take them. And, I mean, Staggs is going to lose cash. And you can find a better alternative for more points. I would just be... I'd be moving on to, to, to Lomax or I would be going way, way cheaper to a Jennings or a, or, a, or a May, whoever gets the Panthers spot. So that's just me. I mean, I know he looks electric, but I mean, hell, even like, I know their draw is terrible, but if the, if the draw wasn't bad, even someone like a Bradman Best, I, I wouldn't go there because the Knights draw is horrendous moving forward. But like, 
oh, I don't know. I just it's just not looking good for for the Broncos. Just generally an attack. And I know I know it'll come good, but how much time can you give it when other players around you are improving their sides? Like for example, myself, I'm selling for feeder, which is going to free up so much money, and I'm going to strengthen my side doing that. How much time as a stag owner can you seriously like sit there and, and hold and hope and hold and hope? And by the by the stage, you're a thousand points behind first prize. It's round thirteen, and you're sitting there going, "Oh, well, what if he comes good?" Like, there's a lot of what ifs, but sometimes you've got to bite the ball. If you're wrong, you're wrong, and you, and you wear that. And and obviously, you you learned that the hard way, going uh, t- 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 Teddy to Turbo. Like, you you have to wear these things on the chin. But sometimes, like these high risk moves, has to be have to be made. I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm the king of high risk moves, but I don't think Stags is a sell. I'll I'll stay firm on that one. All right, and that is the beauty of Supercoach and the beauty why people love. I guess listening to us because we talk a lot of rubbish and sometimes disagree. Um, what else happened in this game from the Broncos? Not a whole lot. Pat Carrigan back to earth a little bit with a 45. Uh, Payne Haas, a 68. Monster score. This is the output that I sort of expected to him. This is the output that I was happy to antipod. 65, 70 points a game. That's where we're at. And I think this only goes down from here, to be honest, because you're going to get Flegler Black. Um, Kobe came back. So, like, yeah, I think this is sort of what we're going to see from, from Haas. So... What do we think? 70 points a game, captaincy option with the way that the game is right now? I think he'll update. I think he'll score 75 plus. And I think that he probably is this one of the safest picks at the moment as your captain. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. We're, we're definitely moving back towards that. Uh, Corey Rhodes with a 65, Jordan Ricky with a 63 rounds out, sort of the notable performance. Sorry, and Herbie Farnworth with, with an 82 as well. He played a really good game and got a lot of ball. I think he had... 13, 14 hit-ups compared to Kenny Staggs' two. Um, so, yeah. yeah, they kept going that direction. Um, and that was the difference, and that's why I wouldn't still sell Staggs. But in this game, they were going that side. They weren't going out to the right. And I feel like, you know, next week that could change. Next week it could be the right. They've got the Cowboys next week too. So I think that'll be a good game. They always have, you know, pretty good contests, Cowboys and the Broncos. And there's normally, you know, there's normally more points than we've seen you know, in, in the last two Broncos games. So be interesting. I, I personally think Stags will bounce back next week, I reckon. I don't know, mate. The Cowboys have conceded six points this week and what, six points last week? So like defensively, they're, they're not doing too bad either. So it'll be a good, definitely a good watch um, for the for the Bulldogs, mate. Jeremy Marshall King, your boy, your favorite player in the NRL, Jeremy Marshall King, scored a 77. Uh, Burns scored a 70. Matt Dufty scored a 70. No one else over 60, but Matt Burton with a 59. TPJ sort of rotated through the middle a bit, and he ended up with a 55. Um, Brett Naden with a 48. I want to touch on Max King. I feel like Max, Max King needs more minutes than what he's getting. He is a he is a weapon. Like, Max King is just a PPM monster, and I'm so glad to see him playing footy. Like, struggled at the Titans, struggled at the Storm, but, man, he just looks like offload every time, and if he got, he got more minutes, he'd be like a 60-point scorer in Supercoach. He'd be a freak. Yeah, it looks like Barrett's given them a little bit of a license too. Pangai was offloading. Pangai had three stints in this game, so you obviously want to use him as a bit of a wrecking ball and give him a little bit of a free reign, I think. Um, he scored quite well, Pangai, considering he didn't play the 80 minutes and he you know, he came on, battering ram, went off, came on, vice versa. So if King could get some more minutes, he'd certainly be a really good prospect as, you know, a serviceable second front row forward in the short term. So I might play him as mine next week. I've got to work out what moves I'm going to do. 
Uh, I've got to see if I do end up getting Josh King in as well. So I, uh, I really enjoyed this contest. It, it wasn't what I expected it. The, the quality of this game was higher than what I had anticipated. Now there was plenty of drop ball, et cetera, in the game, but just in general, both teams had quite good structures. The forward forward battle was excellent in this contest. I think the, the dogs are still lacking a little bit beyond Burton. Um, they, they had plenty of opportunities kind of inside the 20 and they, they, they tried and they tried to do all kinds of things, but they didn't have that, you know, impotence that the, the top sides have. So I feel like we'll see. I really think they need a seven. Yeah. I feel like I was literally about to say, I said, I feel like Avarillo overplays his hand a touch and it, I wouldn't be surprised to see Kyle Flanagan come back into the fold soon. Just more of that experienced natural seven. Uh, mate, someone, sorry, I've just moved back to the sort of the main slide. Someone in the chat says, do you think Hines output goes down when Trindle's back? I don't think Trindle's coming back anytime soon. So just wanted to make sure. I don't sure. see how Trindle comes back. Matt Moylan has been playing yeah. very, like, obviously Moylan loves an injury. And if that happens, well, obviously Trindle comes back, but Moylan's done nothing wrong to deserve to be dropped. He's playing, playing exceptional football. And obviously Hines is locked into one of those two spots. So for me, it's Moylan and Hines until either injury or a real form slump. Otherwise, Trindle's just going to have to wait. Moving on moving on to my favourite part of the show. That, did, that deserves sending off. I'm sorry to say. Simbins and send-offs, Brew. My favourite part of the week. Going for 10 in the bin, Jerome Hughes. After a really, really good outing, 100-point game last week, back to earth a little bit, pretty sure on the Tuesday podcast, my, one of my hot takes was Jerome Hughes under 50, which, big fat tick. Angus Crichton, he's also going to spend 10, 10 minutes in the bin. Not great. Um, I had Tom Trevojevic here as a sin bin, leaning towards more of a send-off now. We'll have to touch on on that, I guess, come Tuesday. Reid Marnie was also getting a sin bin. This is just for me. Um, he would be a send-off for Harry Grant, but I need more trades. And Jeremiah Nenai is also being sent to the sin bin. I can't give up hope after a poor week, but yeah, just that defensive deficiency is not good. Um, getting sent off for me, Cody Walker. He was sent off last week. He sent off again this week. The draw has horrendous. He is not performing well. Move on before you lose bulk cash. Uh, post on Twitter, Brew, that I can't wait to pick him up in about a month for 500K. And people said 500K is an overpayment. Um, you'll probably get him for 300K the way he's playing. Dave, David Fafita is also being sent off. Just, I can't can't keep doing it with you, Fafita, sorry. And Britton Nakora, RIP to his supercoach relevance, lasted two rounds, sucked me in, in the trials. You dirty dog. Who are you sin binning and sending off, mate? Uh, I'm not sure about the send-offs yet. Um, maybe Tom, maybe not Tom. I'm not really sure this week. Uh, this segment's a bit hard for me because I really don't know what moves I'm going to make this week. Uh, in terms of Simbins, Cody Ramsey, I've had enough of Cody Ramsey. He's pissing me off. Um, hey, you can't do my boy like just, that. <laughs> you can't do him. 20, 20 points a week. It's just, it's very frustrating. Um, Fletcher Baker, I might have made a mistake there. I, I did think he was going to keep coming back into the start, but... You know, he didn't get many minutes last week. The others dominated the minutes. He got 22 points for me, which kind of sucks. Ethan Bullimore, um, that was a fun ride whilst it lasted. So we'll send him off, that's for sure. Uh, David Clemmer, he can get sent off as well because um, <laughs> you I had a nap. Attention and <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know he wasn't playing and he absolutely effed me. So uh, Clem's in my bad books, but I won't sell him. So <laughs> a little bit frustrated, but, you know, I, 
if I, I probably would have got an extra, say, 40 points, and then I get, you know, 900. And despite the turbo disaster, you know, 900 wouldn't have been, you know, too bad of a score this week. So it kind of really was just a little cherry on the top of my awesome round two and my awesome 22 Supercoach season. Exactly. And lastly for this episode. Just credit to all the boys. We stuck solid. Full credit to the boys. I've got a couple of lists here to give full credit to. Full credit goes to Harry Grant for obvious reasons. Is the best hooker in the world. Won't have a bad thing said about him. Uh, full credit goes to Billy Kicks. Big Billy having kick out two weeks in a row. Has done it. I can't wait for him to score 35 next week. And then he gets sent off as well. That's just how fickle I am as a super coacher. Uh, Cam Murray. He also gets a big full credit to the boys. Uh, the Roosters' spine, just in general, the 1, 6, 7, 9, 13, they just performed really well when Victor Radley's playing good footy. Um, yeah, the Roosters just look really, really good. Uh, Greg Marzu, he also gets a full credit to the boys. And most importantly... Just credit to all the boys. We stuck solid. Nicholas Hines, Nico, Heath Ledger, the Joker, whatever you want to call him, Nico Hines is my standout this week. And yes, he will be in my side come 10 o'clock on Monday. I am waving the uh, adverbial white flag. Got this one pretty wrong um, after two weeks. And yeah, we're going to cut our losses. Brad Schneider, you've been very, very good to me for one week. But time to move on to, to the the gorgeous man that is Nico Hines. He's got me all hot and flustered, Brewski. Yeah, I really wish some of these guys had a better dual flexibility in the halves, like Schneider, for example, being only a oh, seven. Yeah. It's really I, I would have sold Ilias in a heartbeat, but I can't. I'm from Ilias in my 5'8". Yeah, that's, that's Ilias where I was going on, with yeah. that. So it's, yeah, it's real frustrating. I, I want to give a, a full credit to the boys, hang to on, Adam hang on, Reynolds' hang on, tunnel ball hang on, pass. Hang on. Just credit to all the boys. We stuck solid. All right. Yeah, Adam <laughs> Adam Reynolds. That, that flick, I know it ended up being no try because Stags dropped it, but that was incredible. Like I've been watching this game for a very long time and I've never seen that done if any, if, that if, close to, I, I've seen tunnel balls before, but I've never seen it done from dummy half straight out to, you know, a center or winger that's out on the touchline. It completely bamboozled the defense and it was amazing. It was the play of the play of the day, I guess. Um, I reckon a few NFL any teams, others, a few, a few, a few uh, NFL Melbourne, teams. Melbourne's first half gets a full credit to the boys. Full credit to the boys. Just credit to all the boys. We stuck solid. In. Melbourne's first half was really, really impressive. And, you know, you already said it, but Harry Grant was absolutely amazing uh, in that half. So he was incredible. Uh, the Roosters, as you said, Roosters were, they were on. And, you know, it kind of, even though Tom Trebojevic took a big axe and put it in my heart and twisted it and, Pulled it, it out, pulled it out, put it back in, it twist, twisted it again multiple times. Yeah, it was it was nice to see my chooks play some good footy again and give me a little bit hope that uh, we're going to be having a good season. So I'm actually, I think people think I was going to be on this podcast and be all salty and, you know, sit here and be like, I fucking hate this game, this is bullshit. Like, but I'm not, you know, I, I made a mistake. You know, I, I liked my reasoning at the time. Um, in hindsight now it's turned out to be a, a wrong move but we don't always get it right and now I just uh, have to back to the drawing board and see what I can do um, this I'm going to spring on Brew but for the audio podcast listeners I'm going to wrap this one up now um, Brew and I we're going to be answering a few 
live questions from YouTube. So if you want to get involved on that, uh, make sure you yeah come check out the live stream next week on YouTube. But for all the audio listeners, uh, thank you for listening to the Dual Position Podcast. I have been the SC Whisperer. I've been joined by Brew SC. Uh, we'll be back on Tuesday to unpack all of the the wonderful happenings. I'm at the nail salon. What? I'm at the grocery store. What? I'm at the combination nail salon and grocery store. Wait, she's at the nail salon and the grocery store? I'm at the combination nail salon and grocery store. Groceries through Instacart delivered to my door. I don't have to choose between acrylics and the grocery store.